Live from the Parent Nation studios, it's Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents, shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. Yeah, well, I got a newsflash for you, folks. The problem with kids is parents. Excuse me, Sheryl Sandberg, but I'm not leaning in anymore. I'm sick of spilling my martini. (laughs) I'm serious. It's time to put the F word back in parenting. Fun parenting. Oh my gosh, why can't we do this? Why can't we have dance parties in our kitchens? I don't understand. And now, here's your host, Tara Kennedy Clive. Hey, Parent Nation. Welcome to the show. Hey, Kelly. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Oh, you're great. Are you typing? Um, you're yes. typing. I can hear you typing. I'll stop. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. I know what you're doing. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. This is such a great week. Hey, you know what? Here's the thing. For the last two weeks, I don't think I've been talking about it as much as I should have. Do you know that this is aut- April is Autism Awareness Month? Did you know I that? I know. Yes, I did know that. Yeah. You know, here's the thing. As a parent of a kid who has autism, Mm -hmm. I kind of celebrate autism awareness every month. (laughs) Right. So it doesn't really, you know what I mean? It's not one of those things where I put blue light bulbs in my, well, nobody's in my house (laughs) anyway, but you know, I don't put blue light bulbs outside and I don't wear blue more often. I'm always wearing you know, like I have my pins, my puzzle piece pins and, you know, and so, yeah, I guess it's one of those things that, you know, how you don't see your kids grow and then people see them that haven't seen them in a while. And they're like, Oh my God, they got so big. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of one of those things that it doesn't occur to me because I'm in it. So to all of you fellow autism moms and dads and grandparents and brothers and sisters and kiddos and everybody else out there. Happy autism awareness month. Yay. Yay. Big things. You know, there's big stuff happening. There's, you know, walks and talks and events and fundraisers and all kinds of things that you can attend and check out to learn more about autism because it's such a huge spectrum, you know, so many people in on so many different levels. And, you know, that's why I don't like when people, um, pigeonhole autism. Right. And, you know, and say, well, your kid doesn't look autistic. Uh, uh, Really? Wow. (laughs) You don't look stupid. Who knew? (laughs) 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 It's not something you can see all the time, folks. You know, it's not like everybody who has autism has brown hair and brown eyes and, you know, ruby red lips. It's, it doesn't work that way. So we're all unique and we're all on the spectrum somewhere. I really believe that. Don't you kind of believe that, Kelly? It, it's so true. It's so true. Don't even get me started. I know. I'm going to get you started. <laughs> oh, I'm so going to get you started. Jeez. <sighs> My friend, um, Carrie Sellers posted, she's at, she was at a conference and she said, we have like 3000 ideas, like, like every day. And she, you know, put up all these statistics and I'm like, 
you know, for every 3,000, oh, she said something about for every 3,000 ideas we have, we four projects get started or something like that. Okay. And I'm like, hey, I have ADD. So I have ADD. So for every 3,000 ideas I have, there's 12 squirrels and four times (laughs) that I walked into the kitchen and forgot I was there and six shiny objects. How many ideas did I have? Uh Like that, you know, and it's, it is. My husband's like, oh, you know, why can't you just remember the basic stuff without making a list? Um, Because my brain doesn't work like that. Mm, Me too. You know, I'm on the spectrum, baby. We all are. Isn't it a pretty rainbow? (laughs) Yes. If it's more than three things, if I'm going to store, I have to write it down. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He, he was working on something with the car and he started rattling off the stuff that he needed and he got to like three items and I went, wait, I'll go get you a piece of paper. And he's like, for what? <laughs> well, I, I already forgot the first two things you said. <laughs> 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 it's crazy. So, oh my loco. gosh. Loco. Hey, speaking of loco. Yes. The presidential nominations are being announced. Oh, local moco. Right? The internet is blowing the hell up. It is. Oh, here we go. You know, 2016 <laughs> presidential elections, or as I like to call it, bullying 101. <laughs> <laughs> it's obscene. People have already started with the stupid. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Ew. Ew. I purged my Facebook page because I had as many friends as I was allowed to have. Right. Which I think is stupid Facebook. Mark, Mark, buddy, listen, you got to You got to get rid of that. You just got to get rid of that. Here's what you do, Mark. If they don't have a profile picture, then delete them. <laughs> right. That's what I did. Don't even if, let them in. Right. If you don't have a profile picture or if you're. If you send me a friend request and it literally says that you were born yesterday and we have no (laughs) friends in common, then I'm not going to friend you. I'm not going to accept your friend request and or I will delete you from my friends list because I need to make room for people. Right. Right. So, you know, I like to refresh every once in a while. It's kind of like graduating from high school. You get a whole new set of friends every once in a while. (laughs) Um, So that's what I did. Well, now I did that last week with the blank faces and if you had a glamour shot from 1980 and or a picture of your ass you were gone (laughs) right i saw that right (laughs) and you wouldn't believe how many there were it was ridiculous i was just going to ask how many were there (laughs) if your if your profile picture is barat in a tankini then you're gone. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going there with you. Oh, well, no. Wait a minute. Except for Dallas, Kincaid, Dallas, you can stay. But everybody else, you're just gone. So, um, so that was my first purging. My second purging is going to be anyone who, if the most intelligent thing you can contribute to the campaign is the ridiculous nickname that you made up for the candidates while watching reruns of Hee Haw. You're gone. <laughs> Can you give me an example? Hillbilly. Oh, okay. Instead of Hillary. Yeah, you know, okay. it's stop it. Stop <laughs> it. I can't even take it anymore. Ugh. And you know what? Here's the other thing. If there are certain websites that you should not take what they post as educated information. 
You know, these are not highly reputable sites. I really don't think that you should be reposting things that they write. One of the people said that the that President Bush, ex-President Bush, whatever you want to call him, discovered some kind of cure for Ebola or something like that. And they had the article put up and it's like they snuck him into the CDC because he had top secret information from when he was president or something. And it was like somebody actually posted that up on their wall as if it were true. I'm like, dude, that's like posting stuff from the onion and being like, no, it's totally true. National Enquirer. Right, exactly. Inquiring minds want to know. I get all my information from E Network. (laughs) TMZ. It's all true. (laughs) Stop it. And you know what? I'm allowed to talk with that accent because I live in in, in Hillbilly, Pennsylvania. So shut it. There you go. Right? So I don't want to get your hate mail either because I'll delete Uh, you for that too. No, go ahead. I was going to ask you about Hillbilly, Pennsylvania from the pictures. It looks like like you're just always camping. No, I live in that. Well, I know. It looks like you're just you're just always camping. <laughs> you know what's so funny fun. about that? I don't like camping. Really? <laughs> no. You're glamping. You're I'm glamping. glamping. Yes. I could. I would glamp. Yes. I would totally glamp. In it, a heartbeat. It just, it just reminds me of being in the. You know, I know you have a woods by you, and it just it just seems like the life. It's beautiful. I'm mm-hmm. blessed. Not gonna lie. You know, it's and and here's the other thing. Because of where I live, Kelly, I totally cannot relate to all the craziness around not letting your kids walk to the freaking playground. Oh, oh, I know. It's ridiculous. I can't relate. It's ridiculous. And here's the thing that gets me, Kelly. I think you know where I'm going to go with this. Oh, yeah. You're on your way. So, Facebook, Facebook Parenting Expert Nation... If it bothers you so much that the world is such a cruel and horrible place, then why don't you get off your damn computer and go outside and check up on these kids every once in a while? Here's a thought. Why don't you contact some of the other parents in your area and say, let's start a kitty crime watch. And we'll put block parent signs in our windows like we used to do. Mm Mm-hmm. And we'll keep an eye on each other's kids instead of calling the damn police every time somebody does something that we disagree with. Meanwhile, the kids down the street haven't eaten in five days and their parents are beating them with the buckle end of a belt and you don't give a shit. But these two kids are walking to the playground and you got to call CPS on their parents. Give me a break. Man Mm. up. Yeah. Sing it, sister. I can't even take it anymore. As if the police don't have anything better to do. Right. For crying out loud. And then you got those cops in Oklahoma who rescued that mom and her four kids who were living in their car at the playground. Mm-hmm. But nobody wants to talk about that. Right. Oh, no. You know, because that's too icky. We don't want to go there. Let's pick on the rich people because, damn it, they deserve it. <laughs> They gave their parenting style a stupid name that we don't like. So we're going to go after them. Stop it. Ridiculous people. So I'm starting it. I'm starting, I'm starting the Parent Nation Kitty Crime Watch. Okay. And, and, and I'm going I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have the signs made. And here's the thing. Every single one of us has 
the parent who's already gone through the process of getting um, checked out for child clearances. You know, you've all got the teacher in your neighborhood. You've all got the Cub Scout leader in your neighborhood. You've all got the bus driver in your neighborhood. You've got somebody, the ch- the person who works at the daycare center. You're, every single neighborhood has somebody with child clearances that they can start with. Agreed. And if it bothers you so much, then you go first. <laughs> You get your child clearances. My husband got his. I have mine. Go get your child clearances. And be the person who is is creating that safe space for those kids. But, you know, as soon as I put that up on Facebook, you know, every negative Nelly came out of the woodwork and said, why don't you just give them to all the pedophiles so they can put them in their windows? You know what? Shut up. You go first now. Now tag, you're it. If you're the safe person and you've got the safe space and you know who all those damn pedophiles are, then you go first. I'm sick of it. And I'm doing something about it instead of just writing about it on Facebook. How about that? Love it. Love it. And you know what? It is safe for a 10-year-old to go to the playground. Your kids are twice as likely to get struck by lightning at the playground than to get picked up by a stranger. Jeez. And people are like, look at all the Amber Alerts. Yeah, you, you know what? You should do that. You're right. You should look at all the Amber Alerts because you know who they are? They're parents. They're, they're the, uh, right. They're parents. They're Using uncle. the kids as a pawn in a relationship. Exactly. Exactly. Who are the ones beating these kids? The boyfriend, the girlfriend, the stepmom, the uncle. It's not strangers. It's really not at once in a blue moon. Do you know how far back they had to go to pinpoint a child who was actually abducted by a stranger? How far? The chick who they just found who was gone for 11 years or something. I mean, really. It's true. The one. Okay. The one who was just found and and they they got her pregnant. She had a baby. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's how far back they had to go. You know, yes, children do get abducted. Absolutely. But nine chances out of ten, there's somebody, it's someone that they know. And that's a literal number. Nine times out of ten, 90%. It's someone that they know. So So, true. Yeah, so don't talk to me about the pedophiles who are driving around the playgrounds just waiting to snatch up your kid. Because if more parents were looking out their windows for each other instead of, you know, trying to fight with their kid to get off of Facebook or off of the video games, because that's all they allow them to do. You know, if you had to look out your window because your kid was out there, chances are you'd get a glimpse of the other kids that are out there, too. And then everybody's kids would be safer. Bam. Bam! Drops mic, walks away. Oh, I can't. It's a live radio show. Shit. Okay, I gotta stay. So, let's go back to our awesome show for today, which I'm really, really super excited about because we're celebrating Autism Awareness Month. So, we have um, Paul Wheelihan, who is the director of Pushcart Players. Have you heard of them? I have. So excited. Did you know? You may not know this. Parent Nation, but I have a little bit of a, a an acting background. Theater. Ooh, yeah. I didn't know that. You didn't? No. One of these days, I'm going to do a shot before the show, and then I'm going to sing for you. Oh, good. I think it's a good idea. I think we should do it. <laughs> Just don't or, sing Rock the Casbah. 
brought the cat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We do have a little bit of a thing in our house where be I don't know if it's because of my theater background or if my theater background is because of my personality, but when I hear people say certain things, it reminds me of songs or lines from movies or shows. Oh, and sure. then I just start to do them. Right. So now with YouTube, it's like everything is, Oh, that's from a vine or that's mm -hmm. from, you know, uh, what's his name? PewDiePie or whatever. So, so we're always like making fun of stuff. We're making up our own lyrics and making up our own words to songs. I have a video of my son, my 16 year old singing sugar but I, he won't let me post it on Facebook. I'm like, oh. why won't you let us be rich? I don't understand. <laughs> but it's so good. Um, but anyway, he, um, we were, we were, they were playing old songs on our radio when the kids were getting ready for school. And Rock the Casbah comes on. And I'm walking around and I hear my son singing an inappropriate line, lyric to that song. He's singing F the, Cas F the Asphalt. Right? And I'm like, Max, that's not what he's saying. He's saying rock the Casbah. And he's like, okay, <laughs> that's just stupid. <laughs> What's a Casbah? What's a Casbah? At least I know what asphalt is. I'm like, yeah, but dude, think about the chafing. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Stop it. So anyway, yeah. So we do a lot of singing. We do a lot of breaking into song in my house, which is super, super fun and bad dancing. So when I heard about Pushcart Players, I got really, really excited. First of all, because they're based out of Jersey, which is really close to me. <laughs> and second of all, because they do theater performances for special needs kids. Um, all kinds of they, – they talk about um, educational topics and subjects. So it's really being the kid who was absolutely knew that if they could put times tables to music, I would remember it. That was really exciting for me. So I'm super duper excited to have Pete Paul Wheelyhan as our first guest after our break that's coming up. And then at the end of the show, um, in the last segment, we're going to have Gail Reed and she is, uh, she's going to be talking to us about manners, which is something that's sorely missed and needs to come back in today's society. I'm, I'm going to start that one too. So we're, we're going to start a campaign for manners too. Oh, good. And I think we can, we can start with Gail. So, um, after we come back from this break, we're going to be talking with Paul Wheelyhan. So don't go anywhere. In studio, which is why Tara's taking a cocktail break and we're taking care of business with a word from these sponsors. Homeschooling? Half questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler. Vivian McNinney, Friday afternoons at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. Join us for Healing with the Marika Method. 
This is an amazingly informative show to help heal people as well as their horses, dogs, and cats. This show inspires and empowers people to take charge of their own health and their animals' health using the power of diet, nutrition, natural medicines, and lifestyle to heal a variety of health problems. Learn how food impacts all physical and emotional health conditions and how diet and natural medicines are used to heal the body, mind, and spirit. Marika is a health and nutrition specialist, homeopathic practitioner, a gifted medical intuitive and healer, and an author and educator with over two decades of experience in clinical practice for people and their pets. Join our host, Marika Vandewater, every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents. Clean my house? (laughs) It's time to clean their house. You know what it means if my house is clean? I have big closets and a broken computer. Shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. And now, back to the show. Hey, Parent Nation, welcome back to the show. I am so excited for our first guest, Paul Wheelihan, because, well, first of all, I'm a theater lover, and I adore that um, this organization, Pushcart Players, is reaching kids on the autism spectrum, special ed, um, and all of that with theater and music and performance, because that just, I knew as a kid that if I had had stuff like this, to help me learn. I never, I I would have done fabulously in school. It's no lie. So I love that these organizations uh, like Pushcart Players are around and are getting more popular and making a difference in kids' life. So Paul, hey, welcome to the show. Oh gosh. Hey, I didn't know that. Casey, geez. Okay. So now I'm going to have to improvise. Hey, what a dink! We're talking about theater. (laughs) There you go. Okay. Oh my gosh. That's too fun. Hey, welcome to live radio, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) So anyway, um, one of the things that I love about this program is that they're starting in Newark, New Jersey. And the thing that's really curious about New Jersey, and a lot of people don't know, the concentration of um, autism diagnosis is the highest in New Jersey than any other state in the nation. Did you know that? No, why? Why? Why I have. I don't know. So, like for most of the for most of the the United States, we know our numbers to be around one in sixty two, right? For boys, it's typically like one in forty nine, and for boys in New Jersey, it's one in thirty nine. And I don't even know why. It's kind of a bizarre thing. So I find it really cool to be living this close to an area that has that much focus on working with kids. Instead of everybody's like, oh, I know the cure. We're figuring out how to work with and educate and grow the kids that are already diagnosed, which I think is really cool. So, hey, Paul, I, I understand that you're back with us. Hey, how's it going? I am back. Hello. Good morning. <laughs> Hi, Paul. This is Kelly. Hey. Hey, Kelly. So, hello. So I don't know if you've been listening to We've kind of been improvising a little bit, which you could totally get into, I'm sure. Um, so, 
Uh, we absolutely, I, I love the whole idea of what you're doing with push cart players simply because I know um, myself as a kid, I learned so much more through song performance, um, you know, like visual performance, watching things, making me laugh while I was learning. Those are the things that I recalled. And I think it's really cool that you're designing these programs to help, especially with kids on the spectrum and special needs kids. Tell us a little bit more about what drove you to get this whole thing started. Um, well, uh, Pushcart had been involved um, with a uh, pilot program with Paper Mill Playhouse, um, which is uh, out here in New Jersey, um, wherein we wanted to make a um, accessible theater occurrence um, happen for um, you know for all audiences, um, and we were we were approached with some of the. Um, challenges that um, audiences on the spectrum might have in uh, just attending theater comfortably. So we addressed um, how we could adjust um, the performance itself, the production itself, but also the theater environment, um, you know, wherein we would um, keep keep the house lights up, for instance. Uh, we would keep the sound level uh, of the show fairly consistent. And then in terms of the script itself, we would take away uh, innuendo um, or sarcasm, and in some cases um, certain things that we would mime to make it more literal. Mm. Um, so for us, it started with the performance, uh, and then we moved into um, how it could be uh, a more learning uh, experience, and that's where we're at with the um, John F. Kennedy School in Newark, New Jersey, right now. I love that. So you refer to that as a sensory-friendly performance. Exactly, sensory-friendly. Mm -hmm. The thing that I love about that is a lot of people don't understand that when you're dealing with kids who have sensory processing issues, things like changing and light changes in lighting, too bright too dark, um, abrupt changes in sound, those are like an attack on their senses. There's, I, I don't know if you read about the, recently there's a little boy whose mom uses essential oils on him to calm him down, and the school is having a real problem with it because it's, it's offensive to the other kids in the class. And as parents of neurotypical kids, we would probably think, well, that would be no different than you wearing perfume. What's the big deal? But what they don't realize is when you're a special needs teacher, you don't wear perfume. Right. So yeah. simple, subtle things that would not affect a neurotypical person to a kid with sensory issues is like a blatant attack on their senses. It's really, it's something that they can't even get past to focus on the rest of what you're doing. Yeah, exactly so. That, um, that, that was one of the fascinating things that I learned um, in this process was um, the way sound uh, could be processed. So, um, you, you know, what uh, might be heard as just ambient noise um, to to a person on the spectrum or with um, you know sensory processing issues, it, 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 it could be a huge loud din, you know, mm -hmm. just just a, just a cacophony, 
and you know so so uh, th- therefore you you know we have to understand how um you know how how information would be processed it's amazing cuz i mean it, you, it, there's... It, it truly is it truly is And Um, I love that because a lot of these kids can't experience live theater because some of them, some of these kids, their reactions would be so, um, so shocking. Yeah. You know, know, like you couldn't take, you couldn't take a child with, with sensory processing issues to a theater, a regular theater show for fear that they may scream out if they hear something or, or start rocking or humming or doing something just mm-hmm. to block out that, that offensive sound. So it's really cool that you also are bringing all of these kids together. So what their reactions aren't the biggest reaction in the room. They're with people who have the same types of reactions that they do. So that's kind of cool too. That, that, that's terrific. Um, I, I think it's terrific, uh, and, you know. And also, um, you know, I, I don't know how far Pushcart can go in, um, you know, in, in public settings uh, in terms of um, sensitivity training for fellow audience members. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Um, but it, 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 it's really, it, it's really something I would I would like to address, um, and certainly welcome ideas uh, uh, on how to do so. So right now you're doing these performances just at JFK. Um, so our program with JFK, um, so so um, John F. Kennedy School in Newark is uh, it, it's a middle and high school. Um, aged uh, children. So what Pushcart uh, did was we brought in our um, production of Stone Soup and Other Stories. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a collection of uh, literature um, set to music. So it's four different vignettes. Um, our music is um, on a soundtrack. Uh, and so we we went into JFK and performed the show for the um, for the population, uh, and then with the people that would be participating in the follow up workshops, um, we met with them, uh, and what they are going to do is um, recreate two of these stories, um, wherein they will all <coughs> excuse me they will all perform it. Um, they will be the actors, but also what they're doing, they have a very excellent music program at JFK, and uh, what they're going to do is have the children in the music program perform the music um, live. That's so um, they're, they're really going to make it uh, their own um, based, you know, based upon what, um, what, our, what our performance was, but also what, what, um, what they discover on their own as to how to make these stories um, come to life for them. That's awesome. And do you see this as being like a traveling company? Uh, I don't see the, the students themselves traveling. Um, you know, certainly something perhaps down the future. Um, you know, JFK um, very wisely uh, it, it has the community involved a lot, wherein they will come and see certain performances or they will see um, 
you know, presentations that the school itself does. Um, so, you know, at this, at and you know, and this very much is in the pilot stage. Um, you know, at this level, it's more about um, us learning um, <clears throat> how how the performing arts are um, assisting. Uh, you know, another pathway to learning. Sure. It's so funny to me that you say it's still in its pilot stages because it's actually been around since 1974. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, meant, I meant pilot stages for Pushcart. <laughs> it's, it's you know, it's a pilot program uh, in terms of, in, in, in terms of uh, our involvement with JFK. Oh, I was like, wow, that is a long pilot. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't been listening. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty amazing. So what are you, what are you hoping to do with this program? We're, we're hoping that it, it can become an ongoing part of um, their curriculum. At JFK that, or beyond? Oh, and beyond, yeah, and beyond. Um, you know, we, we want to, um, both anecdotally and with any kind of specifics that will be recommended to us, if, if we can gauge in some way um, what kind of progress has occurred with the students, um, what kind of change in behavior, what kind of change in learning, um, you know. Right. And so can local communities contact you and have you come in and do a performance for them? Uh, I would hope that they do, yeah. yeah. What is absolutely. the best way for them to, to facilitate something like that? Like, let's say I wanted to do something like that at my local um, college campus. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, the, you know, the, uh, the, a phone number or, or phone, you know, give us a phone call. That's always the, the most expedient, um, and I can give you that number if you like. Sure. Um, it is 973-857-857. One 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 five, um, but also we're you know visit our website, which is um, www.pushcartplayers.org, um, uh, and we're on social media. So um, you know there's lots of ways to get in touch with us, but a phone call always works best. And that's how we connected with you too. Was on yeah. uh, Facebook, I believe. Yeah. And we we saw some things that you were doing on there. So have you noticed? Um, have you noticed a big success rate with what you've been seeing as far as the students at JFK? Have um, you been tracking that? Yeah, well, you know, as I say, um, that, that's what I was referring to as it being a pilot program. We're only a few weeks into it. Um, already, you know, our, our, our teaching artist is, you know, anecdotally telling us things about people that are, um, you know, certain students that are uh, coming forward and, um, you know, really, really making a lively connection. Um, we did, uh, in our initial meetings um, late in the calendar year last year, um, we sent ahead our um, score, uh, our music score, um, to the music teacher there, and she, you know, she right away uh, had her students learn it, and she, you know, she sent a little clip uh, where they were performing it um, quite well. Um, hmm. And then, you know, and then when we went to do the performance, when we went to, when Pushcart Players went in to do the performance of Stone Soup, the audience was so clearly very prepared. Um, this particular show 
does have audience participation in it, uh, and the audience particip- participation at JFK was astounding. You know, they they knew the songs, they 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 participated, they um, they you know they moved, uh, and you know our 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 performers felt like rock stars. <laughs> you know, That's pretty they just, amazing. They just had such a wonderful time, and the the energy was. Um, pretty perfect uh in terms of that's what that's what you expect or i should say that's what i expect um when we're able to bring um performances into into schools and into theaters you know you want some kind of change you want excitement um and that clearly occurred that's so, so uh, awesome. you know I'm, I'm i'm very um I'm, I'm very enthused about the program and very hopeful of its uh of its benefits I think the thing that I love most about it is when you when you're dealing with a child on the spectrum oftentimes there are things that they really want to do that they really wish and dream to do they see other kids doing and they simply don't have the confidence in themselves to be able to follow through to participate to tolerate what may or may not happen and i love that your performances are giving these kids not only a stage but an ability to enjoy a performance that's not frightening to them and that's Mm -hmm. teaching them something and that's creating diversity so thank you so much Paul, for everything that you're doing at Pushcart Players, and I encourage everybody on in Parent Nation to check out your website and um, pushcartplayers.org, as well as check them out on Facebook. When we come back, we're going to be talking to Gail Reed about manners. Close Hold on. Parent Nation, Tara Kennedy Klein needs a pee break, and then we'll be right back with more Parenting with a Twist. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lipman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Ever wonder who invented the Band-Aid? In 1921, a man by the name of Earl Dixon was working as a cotton buyer for the Johnson & Johnson Company. Earl's wife, Josephine, was always cutting her fingers while cooking in the kitchen. So one day, he took a piece of gauze and attached it to the center of a piece of tape, covered it in crinoline to keep it sterile, and placed it over her wound. His boss, James Johnson, heard about Earl's little invention and decided to start mass-producing these Band-Aids to sell to the public. Johnson & Johnson decided to give Boy Scout troops free Band-Aids as a publicity stunt, which started the telewagging and the rest is history. What do the British, Irish, Aussies, New Zealanders, and South Africans call Band-Aids? Plasters. It's marching down. 
I'm Carolyn Davidson, and Words You Never Heard has been brought to you by the Bariatric Surgery Center of Dallas. Welcome back to Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents. Clean my house? (laughs) It's time to clean their house. You know what it means if my house is clean? I have big closets and a broken computer. Shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. And now, back to the show. Hey, Parent Nation, welcome back to the show. I am so excited for my next guest because there's so many things that I love and miss about good manners. How about it, Kelly? Oh, I'm right there with you. Gosh. (laughs) O-M-G. And so our next guest, Gail Reed, actually has a program called I Can't Find My Manners. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of ironic because 90% of the time when I'm on Facebook, I think, oh, my gosh, where have your manners gone when I'm (laughs) – it's it's insane. I am one of those people who believes very, very strongly in raising children with manners and etiquette. I, you know, I take my children out to eat with me and I believe that they should know how to properly use a place setting. Yes. Call me kooky. (laughs) Kooky. Kooky. But that's, that's kind of who I am. And so I just, I, I don't understand why it's so hard for parents to raise children with manners these days. But then again, you know. Half of the parents that I witness don't have a lot of great manners either. So hey, we'll just start there. So Gail, hi, how are you? Are you uh, are you with us? I am. I'm here, Tara. Thank you so much for having me today. How did I know that you would have a Southern accent? (laughs) (laughs) Well, even though manners are in the South, it still is a universal thing that should never grow old. (laughs) Oh my goodness, this so. I have to tell you, you're on Facebook, right? You're on social media? Yes, I am. Are you appalled? Yes. You know, there's so many things that children, as well as adults, just don't know. And many times it's simply because they haven't been taught. My mother would always say, children only know what they are taught. And that is so true. Why did we forget that? Do you have an idea? Like, is there, can you pinpoint in your mind where we drop the ball? Parents are so busy. The demand on them, they're trying to balance a job. They're trying to balance their children, which is, you know, of utmost importance in all of their scheduling, their activities. And it's very difficult. And many times manners have just been left unattended because of being in a hurry, trying to get from one place to another. But manners need to be taught from early on. It needs to begin and at a very early age in infancy and then continue as the child grows. It's just such an important life skill that a parent, grandparent, or any adult that works with children can give their the young people in our nation. I couldn't, I I agree with you so much. And part of me is kind of stuck in if we were simply focused on using our manners ourselves, our kids would kind of learn them by default. You're right. 
we as a parent, we are the, the role models that our children watch us when we don't think they're watching. And they're paying attention to what we're saying. They pay attention to how we respond to others in every type of social interaction, whether it's on the phone, uh, whether you're in person talking to the child's teacher. They pay attention, and they learn from how the parent reacts. So uh, part of me is like is thinking, okay, so... You know, I'm finding myself correcting my grammar more when I speak to you. It's really kind of funny. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> normally I'd be like, look, here's the deal. No. Oh, <laughs> you're doing great. <laughs> Thank you. The, and see, that's so funny because right there is one of the big things. One of the, one of the um, pushes that I see in Parent Nation right now that makes me crazy is – the whole push to not share, not say you're sorry, not take turns, all of these things that as parents, I think we kind of look back at the things that made us uneasy and uncomfortable and that we didn't like as kids. So yeah. we're deciding not to do those things with our own children. But what we don't realize is those were the things that made us the good people that we are. Well, those are the things that build character in children. And saying I'm sorry is a very difficult thing to do, but it, it helps you grow as a person, and it shows what kind of person you really are and sends an, a, a huge message to your children. I agree. I have, I have to ask you something, Gail. Yeah. What, about, um, what about especially girls in general that say they're sorry about everything? Yeah. Um, when you say you're sorry, you've got to mean it from the heart. It just can't come as words freely out of your mouth. And then after it is said and felt from the heart, then I think actions need to show that you really meant what you said. And that's where, to me, eye contact comes in. Uh, I taught school for 42 years, and I was so adamant about Look at me when you talk to me. Don't look the opposite way. You are important to me, and I'm going to listen to you. And that lets that child know that what they're saying to you is important, and you really are listening. Um, but when you say, I'm sorry, it needs to come from the heart, and then actions later should show that you really were sorry about what you did. We all make mistakes, sure, but sure. it's what you learn from those mistakes that makes a difference in your life. Sure. I think we've become a society where sarcasm has become a dialect in the way You're that right. we speak. So we start we start rebuttals or we we start defensive comments with I'm sorry, but <laughs> Right, and it always seems that what I have to say is so much more important than what you have to say because <laughs> I want you to hear me first, and that's really not the way it should be. You should listen to others and, and empathize and understand where they're coming from, and by doing that, that's the only way that you can really understand that person. I agree. And I do you feel that I mean, you as a teacher – really had a huge impact on your students from what you said. Do you feel that it's a teacher's responsibility now to teach our kids because parents are, as you said, so busy? We don't have the opportunities to sit down at family dinners like we used to and practice those good manners and conversation skills. So is that something that should be integrated into school systems? 
Well, from my experience as a teacher for 42 years, I view education as educating the whole child. And many times I would go to the cafeteria with my children and sit down with them at the table just so that I would monitor, I would be able to monitor what they were doing. And if they saw me using proper manners or etiquette, then they would try to do the same. And they knew that that was important to me. And when a child knows that knows what is important to you, they're going to try to please you. And so many times my children would, um, I put my napkin in my lap, Miss Reed, and I would compliment them in a positive way and, and tell them that's good, that they remember that. But what means so much is that later in life after these children have moved on and they're married and they have children and they still come to me and say, Ms. Reed, I remember when you used to make us put our napkin in our lap or encourage us to use good manners. And when I had my first date with my wife, I remembered what we did, and I used my manners, and I hope I impressed my girlfriend because she later became my wife. And I just want to thank you for instilling those values in me. And it's not that it's just me doing the teaching. Parents start teaching, but it takes everybody reinforcing what these children do. And it just meant so much to me that these children as young adults have come back and said, I really appreciate the fact that you taught me how to sit at a table and behave properly and to eat and, how, you know, the, the correct way that you should act when you're at a dinner table. <laughs> what a concept. Well, <laughs> it, it, teaching was a joy, is a joy to me, and I love working with children, and I always have, and Having good manners and building good character is something that has to be taught to children, and they will respond in a positive way if you present it in a positive way. It's so it's so true what you're saying about how just being in their presence and doing the right thing guided them to do the right thing. I can't tell you how many times I've sat down at a restaurant with my kids and as soon as I pick up my napkin and put it on my lap, they're watching me <laughs> and you can just see them out of the corner of their eye like, oops, I forgot that part. And then they right. do it too. You know, it's, it doesn't have to be a big deal. It doesn't have to be this whole, you know, etiquette class that you go to and miss manners and all that stuff. I mean, I know that is what you teach, but we look at manners as such a, a archaic process, you know, right. it really doesn't have to be that way. It can simply be you being a mannerly, polite person in the presence of your children. And right. to your point, they'll, they'll follow suit because they want to make you proud. They want to make you happy. They do. So, they so do. And, um, my grandchildren, I, when I take them, around to meet some of my older friends, they will say, Mimi, I know what the manners book says, and I know how to shake somebody's hands, and I know to say nice to meet you. And uh, then when we're having dinner, they say, Mimi, I know that my napkin goes in my lap, and they follow suit. Now, it doesn't always stay there, but it is, they're real, real cute about telling me, 
Mimi, I know what the book says, and I'm going to do it. <laughs> That's so funny. I taught my kids the um, the when they don't know which is their bread plate and which is their drinking glass. Mm-hmm. I taught them to make the B and the D with their hands. Yes. with their fingers under the uh-huh. table. And it's so funny because they still do it. It's oh. and, Well, are you kidding? I still do it. When I go to a wedding reception, I still put my B and my D on. <laughs> that is perfect. And see, that's something children love to remember right there. And mm-hmm. they will remember because they physically did it with their own hands. That's so funny. And So do you think that it's become harder to teach children manners because of the technology that we deal with today? Or do you think that's just an excuse to not have to do it? Well, Tara, I think that the electronics we have today are absolutely wonderful. They are marvelous. And my my grandchildren, it is second nature to them because they are so good with it. They are much better with many of the technology items than I am. And it just thrills me to know that they know how to do this. And it's just second nature to them. However... Um, Having so many tools that they that they can pull from, and when if they ignore you because they're playing a video game when you walk into the room, then that's when it interferes with communication skills. And I I don't ever like to see a child that is allowed to run free on any internet or or video games and stay on them constantly parents need to monitor that very carefully uh, and don't allow technology to take the place of their communication skills Uh, children need to use eye contact they need to acknowledge you when you walk into a room even if they are uh, in the middle of an electronic game sometimes you just have to say put it down and let's talk for a while so it definitely needs to be monitored. I think that a lot of parents use the excuse of being too busy to not display or enforce manners with their kids. But yeah. the fact is, if you tallied up the amount of time that your children pet play on a device and they're not and they're ignoring you, basically, mm-hmm. that would be. Uh, so much more time than you could possibly imagine that they could be observing you and watching what you're doing. So, and I think that we as parents are guilty of it too. I can't tell you how many times a parent has said to me, I can't get my kid to listen to me and blah. And they have to look up from their iPhone to say it (laughs) or they're they're sending it to me in an email or a text message. So, or or (laughs) using technology while you're having a meal. Yeah. You know, that, that that should not, Yeah, we we don't allow it either, Um, but that's something that if the parent does it, then the child thinks, well, if mom and dad do it, then it's okay for me to do it also. I do. I have to to tell you the truth, though. I have found myself lately, ever since we found Trivia Crack, which I don't know if you've ever played Trivia Crack, but (laughs) let me tell you, they call it crack for a reason. And (laughs) I can find, I find myself justifying all of us being on our devices at the table because we're playing trivia crack. So we're (laughs) learning something and we're all playing together. What I need to do is go back to what we used to do. We would take a deck of cards with us everywhere we would go. Mm -hmm. And it was so much fun because, and I'll tell you what, we got the stink eye from a lot of people. Like, I can't believe you're letting your kids play cards at the dinner table, but (laughs) we were communicating with each other and we were collaborating and we were talking and we were having conversations and it was something to get our kids off of the device Uh and get them used to having those conversations again, because 
it, it's an addiction for a lot of mm-hmm. kids, I think. Right, I think so too. And whatever works with different families is that that's the method that you should use. Thank you for that. That makes me feel a lot better about myself. Now I don't feel so guilty because I was getting a little stressed out because I didn't want Gail telling me that I wasn't using my manners at the dinner table. (laughs) So Gail, where can our listeners find you? Well, I have my, I'm on Facebook and I have uh, Gail Reed books at gmail.com. Anyone can order my books. I have uh, the first book is has been published, and the name of it is I Can't Find My Manners. And it's just another tool that parents can use to help reinforce what they're already teaching at home. Uh, this book is, is the first in a series of five books that deal with manners and character development in young people. Um, it's just Having nice manners is such an important skill for parents, teenagers, and children, and they need to learn this at an early age so they can get my books. Uh, The next book that uh, is being illustrated now is Manners for Boys, and then I have another book coming out later, Manners for Girls, uh, Manners for Little Ones, and Manners at the Theater, which will be coming out in the future. And isn't that perfect? That goes with our Pushcart Players, who was our earlier guest. (laughs) Gail, thank you so much for bringing such a great information to our show and our listeners, and I hope everybody checks it out. Join the conversation with us on Facebook at Parent Nation, and until next week, everybody, keep playing why do we keep calling this the hardest job on the planet why don't we just appreciate the gift that we're given and try calling